September 3rd, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, through chapter 7, verse 7. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can goodness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work toward complete purity because we fear God. Please open your hearts to us. We have not done wrong to anyone. We have not led anyone astray. We have not taken advantage of anyone. I'm not saying this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts forever. We live or die together with you. I have the highest confidence in you, and my pride in you is great. You have greatly encouraged me. You have made me happy despite all our troubles. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Outside, there was conflict from every direction, and inside, there was fear. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, but so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. When he told me how much you were looking forward to my visit, and how sorry you were about what had happened, and how loyal your love is for me, I was filled with joy. As your mind goes, so will go the entirety of your spiritual life. Philippians chapter 4, I want to read verses 8 and 9. This is our focus this Lord's Day. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned, verse 9, and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. This text calls for thinking pure, godly thoughts. Before we look at this text, let me put it this way. You will become like what you are thinking about. Like produces like. Filthy thoughts produce a filthy life. It's inevitable. There, there's no end run around that. And godly thoughts inevitably lead to a godly life. 
And what Paul says here in Philippians 4, verse 8, is a call for pure thoughts and right thinking. And these verses really provide a grid and a template over what we should allow to be put in front of our eyes, what we should allow to enter into our ears, what we should allow inside our mind. Legalism would be for me to give you a long list of what that is. And the Bible never does that. But what the Bible does give is the guardrails that should be on the perimeter of the narrow path that we live. These verses really provide the parameters for television watching, for movie attending, for music listening, for computer surfing, for magazine looking, for book browsing, for concert attending. The battle of the Christian life is the battle for the Christian mind. Close quote. How critically important it is that our minds are fixed and filled with that which is right and proper and true. The way your Christian life works is what comes into your mind affects your heart or your affections. And all of the decisions and choices that you make are actually determined by your affections. Every choice that you make is the choice that you want to make. And what is governing and controlling your desires is what is feeding into your mind. Garbage in, garbage out. Truth and purity in, truth and purity out. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. How important is our mind to our spiritual growth in grace? 1 Peter 1, verse 13, Peter commands all believers and he calls, commands us, Prepare your minds for actions. In other words, you're not ready for anything in your Christian life until you first prepare your mind. Paul writes in Colossians 3 and verse 2, Set your minds on things above and not on things on the earth. 